Hey guys, I'm Camille Cortina, and this is Wild and Empowered, a place where you can feel comforted and inspired at the same time. The awakening journey can be an isolating one, so Wild and Empowered is here to help you feel less alone as you learn to come home to yourself. If you are looking to connect deeply with your own wisdom so you can feel empowered to live a life aligned with your most wild and authentic self, this place is for you. Let's get wild and empowered. Hey guys, we are here with Sophia Ruse. So we are, oh, and on the YouTube video, she will be wearing her pineapple sunglasses. I repeat, she will be wearing her pineapple sunglasses. <laughs> I love those. Wait, let's start right there, Soph. What is the story with these pineapple sunglasses and pina colada? Yeah, I was shopping one day in New York City with my sister and I saw these glasses and she's like, these are perfect for you. And I said, okay, sure. (laughs) I started to love them and I wear them all over New York City and I will be such a cool weirdo and I get so many, like it brings people joy and New Yorkers are very serious. So it's so beautiful to give people that element of happiness and joy just walking down the street. And I was working at a yoga studio at the time, very toxic workplace, let me mind you. (laughs) And every time I'd walk into this space, it would change the energy of the room because of my sunglasses. They're like, oh, pineapple girl, hey, she's here, hey. People just knew me as the pineapple girl. They didn't know my (laughs) pineapple girl. I love that. That's like uh, wearing a wig in public or just like doing something. Yes, I love doing that. I think that also really ties into the inner child work, which is really special because it is so about bringing out the inner children of everybody that you're walking by and and bringing that light to the table. So it really makes a lot of sense. It's so cool because I didn't even know I wanted to be an inner child healer until literally last year during the pandemic when I wasn't even wearing, literally, I kid you not, I had two pairs, the exact same pair of sunglasses. They both broke the exact same week in the exact same spot. One of the arms broke off and I had to get these replaced. They're completely different arms. It's crazy. I had, I went all over New York city trying to figure out how to even <laughs> fix the, everyone's like, Oh, those are plastic. I'm like, but they're so cool. <laughs> I was just going to say the dedication to these glasses is so beyond the actual value of the glasses like this is these glasses are invaluable at this point because they mean so much I love that that's so cool so that's a really good segue let's talk about why the pandemic decided to push you into inner child work let's talk about that yeah the pandemic I'm sure with everyone we're at home for me I had the opportunity to go home I did not because a toxic family situation. And so I stayed in New York City. I was so grateful that I was able to survive and live in New York City, even with minimum income. It's like, I have no idea how I did it, but I did. I'm so grateful. And during that time, because I had sources of income coming in, I had the opportunity for the first time to fully focus on me and my healing. And that's what I did. Like last year was me doing the inner child healing. Mm -hmm. Everything that I teach and that I share with people on my TikTok, my Instagram, 
are things that I personally have done and that I've had to work through. I have over like dozens, dozens of journals where I just write and write and write. I read books. I do all the things so that I can heal myself more deeply. And then towards the end of last year, my spirit team was like, you got to start teaching more people. You need to teach <laughs> your skills because yes. <laughs> it's necessary at this time. So I really buckled down, started focusing more on my content, putting my word, putting words out there and actually doing it. <laughs> I yeah, I think for a lot of us, there's just this place where you reach where you really want to start sharing the healing that you've been able to accomplish because it frees you. And so you're just like, this is something that needs to be shared, you know? And I think that really goes hand in hand with the fact that it's the awakening experience and healing is really just allowing you to turn all of that outward, right? I say this all the time. We were really just healing ourselves to heal the world. And because we're so interconnected, it's inevitable. Obviously, we're going to be healing for a very long time. And inner child work is something that I don't think necessarily goes away because it's more. So I wonder what you think about this, because when I started my inner child work, I really started to realize that it was more about just building a relationship with my younger self that was going to last forever. Exactly. I see her now, you know, and she's there all the time. All the time, like in your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. And so for your clients, like for the people that you start working with, with inner child work, where do you begin? How do you even. Well, I usually begin with where they are right now, what they're experiencing in the present moment, because there are so many layers to what is going on and Usually I listen to their story in the beginning because it's really important to know your story and where you come from, your background, the multi-layers of trauma that are associated with you doing this healing because it's typically many layers, like much trauma, especially in your energetic chakra centers. And uh, I'm a clairsentient, so I can usually energetically feel what energy centers are imbalanced and which ones need the most healing at that time. So uh, I usually start there because at least we're starting somewhere. Yeah. And time, as they get deeper into the work, we go into further layers and other elements. Like, okay, this is also related. I'm just thinking like mother wound also related to unworthiness, also related to a sense of self. Like there are so many things are interconnected. Yeah, there's so many threads. I think it's really interesting because I had a I'm going to make a, a little metaphor. It's like me taking off the pineapple glasses, right? And then really confronting yourself because, well, this, there's something related to inner child healing in the way that I perceive it. There's a light side and there's a shadow side. So the the, the elements of yin and yang, right? So our light side is like the fun, joyful, connecting to your sacral, like doing the things you loved as a child, fun activities. But then there's a shadow work. The shadow work is the deep stuff you never want to do because that's really where you're confronting, whoa, the repressed emotions, the repressed feelings, the places you don't want to go, but you need to go in order to fully heal. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. And how perfect is it that it's literally like everything else, the light and shadow is always in it, right? There's really no escaping that duality. I think that's such a good way of 
I definitely started my inner child healing through tapping into the joy first. So I'm just going to go ahead and say for who anybody's listening, like you can go into whatever door you want to, to get started with it. And for me, it was for sure. I want to feel that joy again. Why do you think this is okay? Do you resonate with this? Where when I first started to read about inner child work, I was like, oh my God, this is such a no brainer. Like, why isn't this more intuitive or more taught or more? Because I was like, okay, of course this is happening because I'm on autopilot in life, right? If I'm in the driver's seat and I'm just like chugging along and like time is happening, I'm steamrolling over my younger self's experience to such a degree because I'm still in that, in that driver's seat. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. I studied psychology and dance in college, the whole mind body. That's how I got into that. Uh, But in psychology, we never talked about the inner child, even though it is literally a concept from Carl Jung, who is this. Yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about shadow work? Why aren't we talking about the inner child? I'm literally getting shivers right now. So I am too. It's really weird to me because I was like, I have been doing this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, the pandemic also forced me super inward, much deeper than ever before. And I think that it was a catalyst for so much integration and so much change. But let's be real. For those of us who have been interested in psychology, playing around in this since college, like inner child work was nowhere to be found. And now it's everywhere. And I just think it's so interesting because of course, of course we need to sit with our younger versions of ourselves that we're actually experiencing those moments. Like this is the easiest way to actually do the work, actually. Literally the easiest and yet we're not in the way. We're not taught how to do it. You have to seek it out. Right. Have you read the book, The Completion Process by Teal Swan? It's so funny that you say that because I'm obsessed with Teal Swan and the completion process. It my, One of my um, best friends is actually going to be a, a guest on the podcast and she is certified in the completion process. And it's fascinating. It's amazing. Yes. I spoke earlier this year and it changed everything for me. Well, Teal Swan is incredible at, I don't know how she does this, but she's really, really good. The way that she says things just makes things click for you. And she's so pragmatic at the same time as she's one of the most spiritual beings out there. She's just like so good at putting it into this 3D language that we need. You know, she's so good at that. Yeah, I need to read that book. But tell us a little bit about like, why did that, like, what made you think of it? Yeah, because literally what you're saying about observing your inner child self, that is a part of this. It's about a 26 step process. It's it's essentially a meditation visualization where you're going to a safe space. And then depending on what you're being triggered by at that moment, you go to the very first memory from like very first memory as a child related to that emotional state and you heal yourself from that emotional state because that state affects all the future ones and so if you hear one you can feel a sense of completion (laughs) and this has to do with the fragmentation that she discusses which i think is extremely important which is the fact that when we look at each other we're looking at for lack of a better word we're looking at one thing right? Like you were one full thing and, and we just operate as if we're one consciousness and we're one body and that's it. But in reality, in our life experience, our consciousness actually fragments from trauma and 
starts to pick and choose what it's going to lean on in order to protect itself. So for example, when you're a kid and you're bullied, even if you receive all the love that you could possibly receive at home, but if you're bullied, when you see what you're being bullied for, you're going to fragment your consciousness in that moment. And you're going to stop, you're going to put away or, you know, almost like create a shadow out of the aspect that people aren't receiving for you and you're burying it. And now you're pivoting into this other consciousness fragmentation, which is just steering you off in a different direction. Then fast forward to being 30 and being like, yo, I was bullied and sitting with that version of you that was bullied and the feelings that came up when you were bullied and why it made you feel so powerless. And all of a sudden you get a rush of how that's affected you your entire adulthood. And then you almost like, like, yeah, it's a completion process because you're sealing that fragmentation and bringing yourself back home to yourself. Yeah. And the thing is one memory, you can fragment yourself into so many different pieces. Yeah. And I didn't realize this when I was doing my healing, there was, so a lot of times when I talked to my inner child, she was wearing ice skates and I never understood mm-hmm. why. And then finally I started doing the completion process and I realized parts of my consciousness and my unhealed parts were because there is one specific memory where I was about five years old and so many of my unhealed parts of self were from that one memory. I had to go back to that memory six or seven times because yeah. there were so many layers of healing to do there. Yes. You're never finding yourself. It's like the corny line of, you know, going to find yourself. It's actually more so like picking up all the pieces, putting yourself back together again, and really honoring all the pieces about you that are also just the shadow aspects and, you know, just bringing it all into one beautiful mosaic and just being okay with it. It's so interesting how you started with the light side, because I actually started with the shadow. Just, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I think that might be because. Well, first of all, I think I, I, I've done so much work on my childhood that when I first started healing about hearing about inner child work, I was like, I mean, I know my story. So let me just do the things that bring me joy because that's what I've been missing the most. But then I started to obviously through doing the things that brought me joy and sitting with her, even in those joyful moments, I started to almost like feel the looming sadness that I actually had as a kid, you know? in those moments. And it started to pull me back into being in that space, regardless of the light or the dark aspect. And that kind of enabled me to look at the shadow a little bit easier. Um, And ever since then too, it's really crazy what happens because we bury so many memories, right? There's so many memories in our subconscious that we live through that we don't remember good and bad because our brains just can't handle it all. And the more that I heal and the more that I feel like my neural pathways are rewiring, the more some of these memories start to bubble up. And so I'll have moments. I literally just had one. And I think it was also because we were talking about these things. Right. But I put this gel in my hair after I showered and the smell has always really been familiar to me. Like it's always smelled a lot like a childhood gel I used to use. But for some reason, this moment in my bathroom, I got hit with this wave of like, nobody understands me. I'm completely alone. I'm 15 and I'm in my bathroom scrunching my hair. And I, it was just like, like I was back in that space. And I just, I used to run away from those moments so much in my twenties, you know, especially because they were so much more raw because they were so much more recent. And now when I have those moments, I just, oh my God, like the amount of 
emotion and empathy and compassion I have for my younger self and the amount of pride I feel for actually having been able to achieve this and, you know, resolved all of that lostness that she felt like, I'm just like, Oh, it's crazy. Wow. You keep images of your inner child around your space. I have one yeah. right and yeah. I practice yoga within the past year or so. I started putting pictures of my inner child and practicing while I do yoga. Yeah. I love that. It's interesting. I think once you start to really sit with your younger version, like different ages mean different things for you, you know? Um, so <laughs> to what you were saying, like the ice skating memory brought so many things up for you. Right. But like different ages brought up different things because again, when was I affected mostly by family? When was culture affecting me? When was society affecting me the most? And when was the trifecta perfect storm occurring? Right. It's like different moments. So I have that. And yeah, I love it. My friend said something the other day that I think you're going to find super fascinating that I want to bring up because it has to do with this. We were talking about how we always had that little voice inside of us, right? Like there must be more to life. Like there's more to this. Like I'm dissatisfied and I'm not okay with it. And I won't be settling and I won't be walking asleep. Like what is going on in this world, right? I deserve better. And she proposed to me, like, what if that voice is actually you now telling your younger self, like, it's going to be okay. Like you got this. And the reason why we had that voice is because our future selves actually healed. And so the people who might not hear that voice, maybe they just never healed as adults. And so like somehow our inner being is coming back to us in those moments and being like, you got this. Because again, what are the timeframes that we're living, right? I mean, time isn't linear. So we're talking about the cycles of times and the amount of ways that we can change timelines. Like the healing that we're doing is changing time. Whoa, I love this. This is just blowing my mind right now. <laughs> no, put that in your pipe, smoke it. Crazy, right? It's such a fun concept to think about that we are never alone because we always have ourselves. It is the most important relationship you have because it's so soothing to come back home to yourself, you know? It really is. It's the only thing you really have is your relationship with yourself. And creating a sense, there's this quote that I love that home is where the heart is. And so like, just the quote says it all. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I feel like you see that quote all the time. It's like a kitschy quote, but then when you really sit with it and you really feel it, you're like, no, but that's facts. Like it's truly your heart is everything. I mean, let's be real. The world would be in a phenomenal place if people were living from the heart, not the mind. Right. It's basically what we're trying to do. Exactly. And, you know, the times where I felt least at home were the times when my heart center was blocked or closed. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good way of explaining it, too. Yeah, I love that. So what would you what would you say is like the biggest thing that when people hear inner child work, why do you think there's so much resistance towards it? Or how do you find people react to it at first? A lot of times people are just confused. They're like, oh, what's that? Or they're just questioning because they've never heard about it before. A lot of times that more than questioning, I would say curiosity, actually. Yeah. And then they have to explain what inner child healing is, how it's a little you that you get to talk to and you need to nurture. And I always say the most important thing is to tell your inner child that they are loved, appreciated, heard, seen, and that you just love them so dearly and giving them everything that they did not receive when they were younger. And a lot of people that I've 
talked to at least are pretty receptive to it. They're hesitant to do the shadow work. Like they love the light work because that that's easier for a lot of people to tap into, but the shadow work is where there, there is resistance I can feel. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to the shadow work, how did you start your, your shadow work? Yeah. Journaling. I went to daily yoga. Well, the way that I even started this whole inner child healing vibe is I had my spiritual awakening. I had my gallbladder surgically removed in an emergency surgery when I was back home. And I had digestive complications for like until about last year. I kid you not. It like my solar plexus has been through the ringer. <laughs> and that, yeah, that was my awakening. And through that, I realized I have some deep ass healing to do. So I would, I started researching online, like all these blogs that I never heard of before. Suddenly I got this inspiration to become spiritual, to meditate more. Then I started hearing about shadow work and inner child work. And I just went in. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an Aquarius. So when I hear about something that fascinates me, I go deep. So I went very deep into this work. No one ever really told me about it. I'm just naturally interested. (laughs) No, that's how I roll too. So do you feel like people, well, in general, do you feel like people walk around saying, I don't, I don't really have anything that I need to resolve. My life was quite fine. Like, do you think it's that it's a mostly the fact that people aren't actually considering their trauma trauma because unless you've been through like things that are super clear, everyone has it. Like everyone has this stuff that you're carrying that wasn't meant for you because there's no way that you were given like the perfect love and the perfect nurturing and the perfect environment when you were growing up. There's just, is it, there's something in you that needs to be heard, received and seen by you and only you. I have a perfect example for this. I channel tarot on my TikTok live. And I recently had a woman ask me to channel tarot for her inner child because she wanted to know what she needed to heal. And I told her, honestly, your mother wound. And she's like, was that like, oh, your relationship with your mother? Or it doesn't have to be your physical mother because she was like, well, I don't have any issues with my mother. You're wrong. She got quite defensive, (laughs) which is a sign that there's a mother. That's an issue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Then secondly, it doesn't always have to be about direct relationships. Mother wound stuff can be because of society, because of culture. There are so many beliefs imposed upon women and about our femininity. And because mother wound can even be considered like a feminine wound. So it can apply to anyone and everyone. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of... um wild how much we can all live completely different details but at the end of the day there's really whatever you live through the scars are all the same you know what I mean like we can all share wisdom when it comes to the scarring and when it comes to how we can heal because it doesn't matter what the actual story was it matters what it triggered so a mother wound can be completely different for two people but the way that it shows up in their life is exactly the same exactly Yeah. I mean, I think that's why when we find people, this is why vulnerability is so important, right? Because to hear that somebody else understands you 
to such a degree where in a space where you felt completely unable to resonate with anyone or you were going to be alone forever and no one's going to get it and you're just going to put it away and you never had a problem and everything's fine. When you finally start to hear that validation, it's incredible. You know, it's like such a freeing experience. And I think, yeah, I, and again, trauma to quote Teal Swan, trauma is only something that has no resolution, right? So we're not saying trauma has to be like a horror movie, you know, it really comes down to whatever you experienced in your life that was not harmonious or had no resolution or left you with anything that is dissatisfying. Yeah. Well, deep. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Deep stuff. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it was kind of the point where, like, I'm like, so tell me about you, and then I hear their story, and I'm like, oh, so you must, you must feel like this, and you must feel like, like I can just hear how we can all bond over these crazy life experiences that we have, and this, and the ways that they appear in our life, you know? Exactly, because our experiences are different, but yet at the core, they are so similar. We are all experiencing elements of fear and guilt and shame and abandon. Like, oh, my God, if I could tell you the number of times I tell people when I channel tarot, go read this book, The Journey from Abandonment to Healing by Suzanne Anderson. I say every day I go on my TikTok. (laughs) It's a great book. Also, she has inner child exercises in there, too. Yeah, abandonment is big for me, so I should probably read that. I'm always looking for more. Um, wait, question. So what would you say are some really good go-to journal prompts that people can practice with if they want to get started? Because I love sharing journal prompts. Uh, oh my God, there's so many. Okay. Lately, I've been focusing a lot on guilt and shame. So it's very interesting to reflect upon. I'll, I'll just say one. Like in what ways... Have you guilted and shamed yourself? How has society guilted and shamed you? How does your family continue to guilt and shame you? How do your ancestors continue to guilt and shame you? There are so many layers to it. Why guilt and shame? Let's talk about that. Is this because obviously guilt and shame comes up for most people and it's something that you're seeing as a common thread in your inner child work? It's huge. Yeah. It's abandonment or it's guilt and shame those are the two biggest ones that I keep seeing repeated over and over and over again shame is like a rejection of self abandonment is a rejection of love mm-hmm. so those, it really comes down to rejection <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense oh my god I yeah guilt and shame it's funny because this is why journaling prompts are powerful because I often find myself realizing how much again, let's take guilt and shame as an example. I'm projecting guilt and shame onto myself when I'm actually not receiving any from my external world. So that has to be a wound I haven't healed inner child-wise because it's a coming basically from nowhere, but I'm projecting it into my life experience, you know? Exactly. As an example, yeah. And did you know that guilt and shame can show up in terms of bloating, digestive issues, when I figured that out, my mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, you've been posting a lot about that. And I want to talk about that because I'm actually super intrigued by this, even though it's kind of like a branch off of inner child work. But yes, 
tell us more about what you're learning with as far as how our bodies respond to the imbalances. Yeah. So I started off through the physical element of yoga. And so I'm very in tune with the physical body. And the more inner work I did, the more journaling I did, the more I realized your body holds on to these traumas. There, there's a book called The Body, body Keeps, Keeps the Score. Hell yeah. Yes, it's a similar idea. And there are so many layers of healing needed. And the body is such a beautiful way to enter into that sphere, especially if you're someone who's just not interested in going straight into the shadow work and doing the journaling prompts. You can do it through the body, Mm -hmm. watching the body, observing the body, mindfulness, observing what type of foods you're eating. They can say something about your emotional state at that time, especially if you're an emotional eater. Yeah. My binge eating. Are you kidding? That was really just trying to fill a void of love in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's what I believe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just find it so fascinating that different, and it makes so much sense, especially the more I learn about Chinese medicine, but how different tastes of foods trigger are coming from different emotional wounds. That's yep. wild to me. Do you know like, the science behind that? Oh, I've done a lot of research on traditional Chinese medicine. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the science. So the thing is a lot of time, traditional Chinese medicine isn't really based off of science. As no, when much. I say science, I more so mean like, what's the actual relationship between like, what's, what's the theoretical explanation of savory foods triggering something different than sweet? Yeah. It just has to do with the energy and like the chi and the different channels of energy. So there's a lung meridian, there is a liver meridian. And the organs, I'm assuming that that it's also triggering. Yes, org, exactly. Yeah, organs. So foods can translate to emotional states can translate to organs. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Related. Yeah, it's so cool. So for example, sour means anger. And it's associated with the liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's super interesting. And it's really interesting because I think you, I, what I just had a moment realizing is I had so much anger. Oh my God, so much anger, but I never cared for sour foods. So I just had a moment where I was like, my anger, I expressed and channeled my anger through a different, like not through food. Yeah. But it was still there. And food was what I used for comfort. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is so when I'm real, like what my, what I'm realizing in this moment is how much the expression of whatever shadow aspect we're experiencing almost like leans on different things to express itself. Sorry, I'm just I'm kind of having like a moment. <laughs> just like I love it. Yes, I love this so much because that's so true. Some people like it makes sense because there are we can have so many different ways of channeling our emotions. There are a plethora of ways. 
some of us choose food. And if it's food that you wish to channel a certain repressed emotional state, not even repressed, but just emotional states that feel uncomfortable for you, you might choose food, but you could choose maybe exercise as well. Like, yeah. Exercising, or you could choose. There's so many different things you could do. Um, like verbally yelling at someone. Like if that's yeah. how you do it, there are so many ways. And it's not really about judging ourselves for the way that we have decided to express our emotions, but rather acknowledging, like, hey, this is a pattern of mine. And to know that if you chose. For example, if you're angry and you choose to eat food, going with that analogy yeah. again, if you're angry and you choose to eat food, just know that you can channel that anger somewhere else if you choose. That is not a permanent state of every time I'm angry, I have to eat sour food. That's how it is for me, at least. So like, this is why this analogy makes sense. Because whenever I'm angry, I crave like, oh, for a while it was sour candy or <laughs> limes, or like strain up lemons. <laughs> like Interesting. Just, yes. Uh, pineapple, mm-hmm, that too. Like the sour pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was that I think is really powerful about inner child work and what you just called out too is you don't have to, so first, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Back up, two things. A, judgment makes it worse. The more you judge yourself, the more that will express itself in the shadow dynamic, because instead of illuminating it and sitting with it, you're just burying it deeper. So when it expresses itself, it's extra lit. Example, me throwing my cell phone against the wall so many times. I'm not even kidding you. In one year in San Diego, I had to replace the screen on my phone probably four or five times because I threw it against the wall so many times. Complete rage. Yes. I wasn't looking at my anger. I didn't want to honor my anger. I was resisting the anger. I was telling everyone who told me that I was angry, that they were crazy. And then eventually leaned into it. And, and I still have moments, not going to lie, where that rage bubbles up and it's okay. Because instead of me judging myself about it, I'm like, Ooh, Hey rage. I see you. What's up. How can I help you? What you doing here? Like, (laughs) you know, and I just think it's really important to call out those two things that a Judging yourself just makes it worse. And that's not the whole point. Literally, it's actually one of the number one things I always want to tell people is like, it's not that serious. Healing is actually not that serious. Like it is, but it's really not like, it's totally going to be okay. We're all just multifaceted beings. The other thing is once you illuminate something, that's actually the magic trick. Like, I think a lot of people are afraid of doing the work because it sounds like, I mean, it is a lot of work because there's a lot to look at, but there are so many things that all you need to do is shine the light on it. And as soon as you stop running from it, it starts to heal itself in so many ways. Like you don't actually have to be like, oh, okay, let me sit, look at you, dissect you, take notes on you, isolate you and monitor you on a daily basis. Like that's actually not how this works. Like there's been so many moments where I've just been like, okay, Camille own this. I've owned it. And it's literally fallen away. Exactly. Cause you've let it, you, that's, that's the biggest thing. You acknowledge it and you let it go or it goes on its own. <laughs> Poof. Yeah. So crazy. And also you have so much more compassion for the way that you're showing up now and the wounds that you have now, when you realize they came from yourself as an inner child, like as a kid. Big time, big time. The other thing I wanted to bring up here, and I wonder, do you do this at all where you help 
I don't know, you probably don't yet, but I feel like you probably will, <laughs> where you actually help relationships through inner child work, because I feel like something that has really helped me with a lot of my relationships is focusing on their inner child for them, yep. even if they're not doing it. Yep. <laughs> uh very interesting. Uh, so my twin flame, I have done this for him, a Reiki healing session. And during it, I had never made contact with his inner child before, but because he gave me consent to do Reiki healing on him, it was distance Reiki. He was across the room. I was sitting over here, literally just placing my hands on my body and the different Reiki points. And when it got to the throat and the heart, I started to connect to his inner child and I started to help heal his inner child and release some blockages because he was giving me consent to do so. And it was really powerful. After that session, I felt as though some heaviness had, let, had dissipated, had floated away. And afterwards, he said, wow, I felt so so seen like he had felt seen and lighter and safe like he had never felt so safe in the space before oh so lovely <laughs> yeah that is lovely it's beautiful how much we can heal energetically without even touching each other and just like connect energetically you know I think that's a really powerful I also think that in a when when you're in a relationship and the shadow aspect of your person shows up, it's always going to be something that you want to extend compassion for because ultimately whatever's coming up is probably just a wound, you know? And so I think that's really helpful too, is just thinking about them when they're not at their best and why that has so much to do with, with that little baby in them, you know? Yeah. I've, created so much more compassion within my own heart for not only him, but so many other people in my life as well. Yeah. Even my relationship, literally every single person, even people on the strangers in the street, people who are like totally crazy or rude living in Philly. I see a few crazy situations and I'm just like, Oh honey, your inner child really just needs some love. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. I love it. Yeah. It's just really powerful. And I think that it's one of those things that is not that hard to get started on your own. I think that's why it's just really, it's kind of like a crazy topic right now. Cause I feel like, like we said, wasn't something we learned about before now it's everywhere, but it's like, what the hell even is it? And how does one get started? So do you have any uh, books other than the ones that you recommended, which by the way, I'll put all the books that we call out, I'll put a link to them in the description, but as far as inner child specifically, um what all the ones ones that I've said the completion process the abandonment the journey from abandonment to healing yeah uh it didn't start with you did I say no but that's a really good one to call out it didn't start with you and the other one I will also say that really really helped me was drama of the gifted child did you ever read that didn't no Okay. Yeah. You probably, I, it was recommended to me by someone that I really trust and, and someone who's done a lot of his own healing. So I read it and I was like, yo, this is one of the books that's understood me the most when it comes to my childhood wounds. So I recommend that. 
Um, oh, there's a book all about mother wounds. It's called The Wounded Mother, I believe. I've, yes, I've heard about that. I read that book. That was a good one. I read that one last year. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Mother Wound. Well, the, the completion process is probably the best one to get for practical like literally from step one to step whatever it is in order to get go through the cycles of all the different things you need to sit with um you're really making me want to yeah this is why I'm such a nerd for this stuff because even 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 when I think I've healed something or like when I've looked at something I just want to continue looking at it and healing it as much as possible because it comes up in different ways but so the journey from abandonment to healing has inner child dialogues as well that I think you would like a lot yeah that's really big Awesome. Okay. So before we hang up, what is your favorite inner child activity to do when it comes to joy, the joy piece? Yes. So lately what I've been doing is I've been drawing. So I go to art therapy and I've been going there for a while. And when I was younger, I wasn't able to connect. I wasn't able to draw in my home because my mom, she was really into art and she like literally blocked off this whole area like you cannot draw so I was home and I wanted to draw same with my sister and so now something that I love to do is draw I have dozens and dozens of artwork from my inner child expressing herself and it feels so good literally this artwork up here in my hanging shelf that's my inner child that drew that (laughs) and I have artwork throughout my entire room and it's so beautiful (laughs) I love that that's so fun yeah there's something about when you're channeling that inner child that is just so pure and so lately what I've been doing is I've either been using my non-dominant hands or I've been blindfolding Mm. myself so that it's very much my subconscious coming to light and I'm not controlling any of the process I really like that that that's probably a really good exercise for me because I feel like whenever I give power over to this hand, (laughs) I go through some major control issues. So that's a really good call. Well, also, are you right-handed? No. Oh, you're Mm left-handed. Interesting. Whoa. Cause the left hand is actually your feminine energy and your right side is your masculine energy. So that's fascinating. Whoa. Why is it? Why? What do you mean? Because usually if there's controlling stuff, that would be. Oh, because of my right hand control. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's more so the fact that I have been, I don't know. I think I'm just real because I like to be blindfolded. Like I I think it's so much fun to either listen to music or do art or do things blindfolded. Like I'm, I, that, but try to try the non-dominant hand in activities. For some reason, I have a lot of resistance towards that. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering where that now I'm like cycling through like why is there why is that so resistant that's really not that big of a deal so I'm gonna try it see what, <laughs> see what bubbles up for me I'll update you yeah please update me I would I love will. to <laughs> I totally will yeah it's so crazy like I think it's always the sensory that's how I structure my inner child days or even like myself days like whenever I want to like really intentional intentionally do a day it's about the sensory experience, right? So what am I touching? What's my, what's, what am I feeling? What am I looking at? What am I putting in my mouth? And what am I doing that's going to connect me with whatever it is that I want to connect to? And that's a really good way. Yeah. To like ground in whatever it is that you're trying to do because your senses, at least for me, because I'm so here, literally my mind is 
so intensely constant that I have to come back into my body or else. Oh, I feel you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's really common, but I think that's why sensory experiences are so powerful. And also what you were saying too, when you go into your body in different places, like for me, it's like, I always drop into my heart because a lot of times what has happened in my own healing journey is that I protect myself through blind spots. Like a lot of people do, right? Like I just won't even see what's happening. But as soon as I drop into my heart, I can't ignore it. And I start to cry and everything starts to come out. I mean, in the best way, but yeah, it's the heart is (laughs) everything to me. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your lovely soul. (laughs) You too. That's why we're here. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. So that's why I'll do like, okay, so I'm going to get onesie pajamas and I'm going to, this is just the most recent one I did, which is where I remember I used to drink hot chocolate out of like a sippy cup before bed on sleepover night. So I did that. And like, I just wanted to do the pajamas that made me feel like a kid from a feeling, you know, like everything needs to like match a sensory. And that's how, I don't know, I get in the zone really easily. So I recommend that. I'm going to do that. I love that idea. I feel as though I've already done that. I like to do these days. I have a lot of clothes because clothes help me dress up and like feel cute. And when I was younger, I used to love to play with Barbies and literally create clothes for them. So I love to do that. And then I would like do some movement or have a dance party in my room or go on my little trampoline or hula hoop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I love, you know, full circle back to when you started with the pineapple sunglasses, you know, I think that's something that is a huge takeaway for me today, which is, and I do do if like, I walk, I have a kaleidoscope in my backpack that I'll pull out in the middle of a park and just look at, because sometimes I'm like, what is this sunshine through the leaves going to do to my kaleidoscope today? Like, I just get super pumped and people will stop me and be like, oh, I like your kaleidoscope or whatever. They're like, what is this girl doing? But I think in general, what we're tapping into is also like, I think the more that we do that for ourselves within our safety containers, the more we can emerge out into the world and let our inner child freak flag fly. You know, it's funny that you say clothing because that's been coming up for me a lot. I've been wanting to wear things that are way more colorful, way more patterned, way more funny, way more silly, way more like, and more so what really makes my heart jump. Yay! (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's you're in a child jumping for joy in this moment honestly like I can just see it <laughs> yes yeah it's the best feeling and can I also say something and this goes back to the mother wound too and this is one of my proudest and most intense moments of my life when my mother who is one of the biggest reasons why I believe my inner child buried herself so deeply and obviously love you mom I have forgiven you I promise you I love you so much But she said to me, you are becoming more and more like your child self, the older you get. And I was like, you don't even know how powerful that is for me because that's exactly what healing does. It brings you closer and closer to the realest version of you, which was your childhood self. It was who you were as a kid, you know? And my mom witnessed me get rough around the edges and get super like far away from who I was as a kid. And regardless of the amount of work she and I have had to do like she was a witness for that pure joy of me being a kid you know in a way that nobody else was and when she said that I was like damn yeah that was super intense honestly wow I know 
<gasps> and I was like, yes, little Cam, I'm embodying you more and more every single day. And that brings me so much pride and joy. <laughs> You're honestly, that's what I want. I want to live in a world where human beings can have their inner children be proud of themselves. Yeah. Hundred percent, and you know what's really interesting about that too, and this brings me back to what we were saying about how my friend Allie was like, "Well, what if inner beings from the future that were telling us that as a kid when we were younger, you know, about how we're getting?" And I and I think that that so applies to this too because it's like it's almost like we are communicating with all versions of ourselves from this powerful moment of now, you know. And you get to choose what that looks like for you. And one of the most breakthrough moments I had in my 20s was when I looked around and I was like, yo, I don't have a single hero, mentor, whatever, you know, because I was starting to get in like the self-growth and personal development world in my 20s. And it was always like, get a mentor, get a whatever. That's like one of the top things they tell you, right? And, but you're not living the life that I want to live. Like you're not inspiring me. You're not doing things that would make me feel aligned. You're doing pragmatic things or whatever things that are good for you, but they're not for me. And I started to realize that like, I was going to have to be, my future self was going to have to be my hero. My future self was going to have to be the woman that I looked up to, aspired to be. So I was like, well, what is she doing? What does she move like? What is she looking like? What is she doing with her life on a daily basis that's going to, and what do I need to do to get closer to her? And that's really where this started. And so I just think that's so funny because it's inner child. That's before I even knew what inner child work was, but it's the same concept, right? Whether we're going forward or whether we're going backward, even though now, the present now is really the only thing that matters, take that inspiration from whichever angle, whichever direction you're going. Whoa, I had never thought of it that way. See, now I'm going to do a whole journaling exercise where I ask myself, where is future Sophia? And what am I doing? Who am I being? So I can be that and every day take little steps so that I can be that person. Yeah. It's also really helps to objectify the practice. So instead of saying like, my name is Sophia and I'm 40 years old and I'm like, be like, I know this woman named Sophia. She's a boss ass bitch because she does the following every single day. This is how she, like, that's how I started a journal when I needed to also start to really sit in appreciation for who I was in the moment. I was like, all right, Cam, you're getting a little bit too future thinking. So why are you amazing right now? And I'd be like, I know this girl named Camille. She has two cats. She lives in San Diego. Like I would literally like, it's just a really fun practice to like look at the big picture. So that's so cool. It's almost as though, so I do a lot of inner child dialogues with my inner child, but now this is me being as though I'm the inner child with my higher self. Oh, that's so meta. I love it. Right. Well, because think about it. We are the children. We are the inner child of our future selves now. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we're not children, but, but still like, Thomas. yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. Integrate it. I love it. Also time is nonlinear. So So it's honestly, I mean, I could talk to you. We could just make this episode five hours because that's how I roll and that's how you roll. But I think we should um, end it there. There's been a lot of juicy stuff and I appreciate you so much for showing up and showing up real and vulnerable and down. And I think you're the perfect person to create safe space for people to really heal those wounds. And I would, I know I would have loved working with you. So um, 
before we actually before we hang up I want to hear more about your your um the belly the belly program that you're running so tell us a little bit more about that Yes. So I created a six week program. It's called Belly Love because as I mentioned earlier, my spiritual awakening started with intense digestive stuff and I've had digestive things happen for me for six years now. And finally, I'm in a space where I realize I have the tools to help other people heal their digestive issues not only on the physical level with anti-parasite cleanses, foods that can help them, but also on a mental level, doing tapping around, because I realized guilt and shame is related to the bloating, related to the IBS, related to hormonal imbalances, all of it. So I created a program to help people heal their internalized guilt and shame, heal their body, feel more confident in their sense of self and their identity in being who they are yeah there's yoga meditation journaling tapping emotional integration all the good stuff cool. <laughs> i love that and um sophia's instagram is pina colada yoga i'm also going to put that on the description and she's phenomenal on tiktok literally your content is gold i freaking love it every single time i see you come on my screen dancing i'm like yes some more sophia content i'm so excited what is it this time um which is always a good feeling so thank you again for being here thank you everyone for listening i hope that you turn around and find a way to honor your inner child who i'm sure was jumping and just really feeling received through this conversation hopefully and uh sending you all so much love so much love <laughs> thank you so much for being here thank you cam this was awesome so much fun bye bye Thank you for getting wild and empowered with me today, guys. It's been a blast. You can follow me on Instagram at Camille V Cortina. That's V for victory. Also, I have launched my coaching business. So if you're interested in allowing me to hold space for you and help you expand on your own awakening journey and work together one-on-one, -on -one, I would absolutely love that. You can schedule your first 30 minute discovery meeting with me for free just to see what it would even be like to work together. Head to my website at www.camillecortina.com um, to learn more. Thanks, guys. See ya.